everyone. I'm your host, April Hanna, and this is the Path 11 Podcast. Just a reminder, we are offering access to all of our archive shows, which is well over 100 hours of content, and new bonus shows such as the Virtual Book Club, Food for Thought Friday, and the Two Minute Tuesday, all for just $3.99 a month. Think about it, guys. That's less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. Sign up for premium for just $3.99 a month. Now let's get to this week's show. Today on our show, we're going to be talking about floating and sensory deprivation. So I'm really excited about this topic, and I actually came to learn about floating almost a year ago, maybe nine months ago, and uh, I've had the opportunity to have two floats, and we're going to talk more about that in the show, but our guest tonight today is Tyler Fedigan, and he, by trade, is a licensed massage therapist, and he became a massage therapist in September of 2009 after graduating from the Center for Natural Wellness School of Massage Therapy, and he's worked in a variety of settings, including spas, fitness centers, medical offices, and on-call for professional athletes, and he has a unique medical massage background where he combines Eastern and Western techniques, including Thai massage, lymphatic facilitation, myofascial release, and sports athletic massage, just to name a few. He's also trained in energy medicine modalities such as Reiki and quantum touch. And Tyler and I actually work in the same building in Saratoga Springs, and that's how we met each other. So for those of you who have kind of been following um, my story, you guys know that I've moved my private practice in May to a different location. And now I just love the building that I'm in. And the building really holds a lot of healing practitioners. Tyler is one of them. We have a lot of spas in there, chiropractors, cranial sacral therapists, and we have my wellness studio. So it's been a really exciting building to work in. And uh, when I first moved in, Tyler kind of walked down the hallway and with this big smile said, hi, I'm Tyler and introduced himself. And it turns out we have a mutual friend um, who opened up a great store in Skylerville called Revibe, um, our friend Christy. So we just kind of got to talking and we were talking more about his float spot upstairs. And so that's why I decided, hey, Tyler, why don't you come on? I haven't had anybody talk about floating yet. Um, And this is where we are today. So welcome, Tyler. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. So can you give our listeners just a little bit of your background? Um, It sounds like you got into massage therapy first, and then maybe this float spa came into existence. So tell me a little bit more about that. Exactly. I, um, as you said, came into massage back in 2009. And very quickly started um, doing mostly medical massage and trying to figure out how the body works, how we can help the body to heal itself. And uh, just kept building from there, building how, how does it work and how can we make it better. And uh, that has uh, traveled outside of the realm of massage therapy into the world of floating. We started looking for another therapy that we could offer um, because I am limited with the number of massages I can do in a day. It's a physically intensive job, and we were looking for something to complement that. Um, and we found floating and, and uh, jumped right in, got our first tank, and it, it mirrored up perfectly with what we wanted to do to kind of continue that healing practice. And I was able to use the tank myself, so it actually helped me to boost my abilities as well to um, my longevity as far as being a massage therapist. So it, it 
helped everything that we were trying to it, 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 everything we were trying to accomplish. Great. Now, I'm sure some of our listeners are probably saying, what are they talking about? In a float tank, floating? I said to my friend uh, the other day, I was like, oh, this afternoon I'm going to go float. And he was like, float? What does that mean? <laughs> so can you describe for our listeners, what is a float tank and what's sure. it all about? So float, <laughs> floating is floating is the art of doing nothing. And a float tank is basically uh, a four foot by eight foot vessel that houses 10 inches of water with eight 150 pounds of Epsom salt dissolved inside. It's as much salt as that water can hold before that salt would fall out of solution. And what that does is it creates like almost like a little piece of the Dead Sea. When you lay down in this water, you float effortlessly. And it was developed back in the 50s by a neuroscientist. He built a guy by the name of John Lilly. He built the first float tank uh, in an effort to discover what would happen if we were able to slow down the subconscious mind a little bit. So we all know the conscious mind, that's what's kind of keeping us going through our day, keeps our agendas in order. Um, and then our subconscious mind is, is constantly working behind the scenes and is so much more vast. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, handling our digestion, our nervous system, our per perceptions, um, our cardiovascular system, our lymphatic system. I mean, this, it's a powerhouse and it's working nonstop. And you say, what happens if we give this thing a break? Uh, so we built the first float tank, and the idea behind the float tank is, uh, again, with the salt water inside, you're weightless, so your body doesn't have to fight gravity. It's dark and it's quiet, so you're not uh, having to process sight or sound. And the water is actually your skin temperature, exactly. So it'll feel cool at first, but then very quickly disappears. And what we're doing is we're taking some of these tasks away from the subconscious mind, and what he discovered is... When you give the brain a break, it actually can facilitate healing at a much faster rate. It's just like your computer. If you clean up a little space on your computer, it works better. Uh, we work the same way. So uh, it just it started off as a simple science experiment in the lab. He very quickly discovered the, um, the healing benefit to it. And uh, in the 70s, the, um, the very first float center opened up. They collaborated with John Lilly and uh in california and started people on floating and it's it's had some ups and downs since then but uh more recently it's it's on the rise people are are have become to widely recognize it as a as a great healing tool it's gotten a lot more popularity yeah, the, as I was doing my own research and I saw, because I thought that this was a new thing. I had never heard of floating before. And I was surprised to see that, like you said, it was actually has been around since the 70s. And um, I also read, too, that a lot of um, professional athletes use it for their bodies, for soreness. Um, exactly. Yeah. And now I feel like, you know, float spas are kind of popping up all over. I'm hearing more and more about them. Yeah, we're really excited about that. We'd really like to see as many float tanks as possible um, just get around and, and become more of a more of a common thing than it is a what is that thing? You know, we want it to be more <laughs> of, a, of a recognized thing uh, because it is so helpful for for everyone, for athletes, for um, for stress, for chronic and acute pain. It, it it's it puts your body in a place where it can you can give yourself what you need the most. That's what's what makes it kind of a unique and universal treatment. And can you explain a little bit more about the healing properties of the salt um, in the water and what that's actually doing for the physical healing, I guess, of the body? Sure. So Epsom salt's been used for years and years for, you know, 
little, little aches and pains. Everyone always says, well, put a cup of Epsom salt in a bath and soak. Um, now you're dealing with 850 pounds of it. So it's like a super dose of Epsom salt, which you're going to do a, um, a lot of recovery, fast recovery. It's going to reduce the overall inflammation in your body. Uh, it actually cuts uh, athletes' athletic recovery time in half. Um, the other big thing that the salt water does on a physical level is the magnesium in the salt counteracts uh, cortisol levels in the body. So magnesium absorption through the skin is the most efficient way to receive magnesium. Our bodies can can process it a lot more efficiently. Um, so And magnesium will cut down on stress levels. It'll, it'll reduce those, those uh, cortisol levels by by a great deal. And what would you say are the best physical ailments that floating can help? Um, you know, it's really endless. Um, we see a lot of people with neck and back pain. You know, that's, that's a real common thing in, in, the, in our culture with um, the amount of work that we do sitting at a desk. Um, so we have a lot of people with uh, chronic back pain, chronic neck pain, um, I'm trying to think, you know, it's funny. There's really not, we don't see, um, we see such a variety of people dealing with a variety of things. We really don't see one thing in particular that, you know, we see a lot of. Um, everyone's so different. Everyone's got their own thing going on. So that's what makes this, uh, it was kind of a surprise to us when we started this business. It, was, it drew in such amazing people, all with their unique story and floating helps them all in their own way. Um, but we, we see a lot of athletes for, um, athletic preparation or recovery. Um, we see a lot of chronic and acute pain, uh, folks. We also see a lot of people for stress. Um, post-traumatic stress disorder is a biggie that the float tank can, can, uh, play a huge part in helping. So it's, uh, it's tough to say one thing that we see a lot of, I guess we, we just see a lot of, a lot of different things. Yeah. And I know some people, too, are pretty intrigued about the sensory deprivation part of it and those people who might be more into meditation and having out-of-body experiences. Um, have you had any stories or any clients that have had some experiences like that in the tank? Absolutely. Yep. It's um, a lot of the people looking for the mindfulness and the meditation part of the float tank will come out and... Um, report visions that they've seen or answers to questions that, you know, they, you know, they were stressing over or, um, you know, didn't quite know how to handle a particular situation. Once you come out of the float tank, it, it it's kind of, your perception has changed. You know, it's, it's, it gives you a whole new look on your situation and quite often the solution just presents itself. A lot of times we're in our, you know, the answer is always right in front of us, but we get so stressed out and caught up in little things that it's difficult to see. So we do. We get a lot of people who come in. Um, I had a gentleman uh, who was floating. Uh, he had a very serious health condition. He had a very uh, serious life-threatening heart attack that he had, he had survived and you know gotten through. But it came with a lot of emotional stuff for him. It was it was very uh, you know that was very challenging and. He came in and he floated a few times, and the last time he came out, he said, you know, I'm just not angry anymore. And just, you know, it's all about letting go of whatever you're holding on to so that your body can do what it naturally wants to do, whether it's alleviate stress, alleviate pain, recover. Uh, it just basically helps us to get out of our own way so that we can do what we're made to do. Yeah. And 
so how how would you explain to some people who might say when they're looking at a float tank, oh my gosh, I could never step foot in there. I'm claustrophobic. That looks too scary. It's totally dark in there. Um, yep. What do you say to people when they get intimidated by what a float tank looks like? That's one of the most common things we hear uh, is, um, you know, I can't do that. It's, it's I'm too claustrophobic. Um, and I'm very familiar with that because I'm pretty claustrophobic myself when i first saw a float tank i'm like there's no way there's no way i'm getting in there <laughs> um but i was bound to try it and i think that's the the first thing is just give it a go because when first of all we'll, we can tailor the the float experience for someone like that we can leave the door open uh the room is completely private you're free to enter and exit the tank as much as you'd like um but the cool thing is once you get inside the tank it's you're floating and that's the first thing your brain kind of latches on to it's like well, that's kind of weird you know there's no gravity working against us and combined with it being dark which i know that would make it sound like it's more scary um you almost feel like you're in infinite space versus confined yeah uh, and i think combined with the you know your subconscious mind is is well aware that the door doesn't latch it doesn't lock it's it you know it opens anytime it can be left open so being in control of the situation combined with the unique environment kind of takes care of that claust that claustrophobic uh, reaction most times doesn't even take place it's 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 more um present in the anticipation of getting in the tank than it is actually when you finally do get in the tank I would agree with that. And you can breathe, people. It's not like you're suffocating yeah. in there. I mean, there's <laughs> right. plenty of air, you know. Yep. There's fresh air constantly being um, pulled into the tank. So it's, 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 it's very easy to breathe inside. Yeah. So um, maybe we could talk a little bit more about the, the technicality of the tanks and a little bit more about how they work and where did you purchase yours? Um, maybe we'll start with that. Can you describe exactly? Because the tank that I was in with yours was a lot different than the one that I was in um, my for my very first float. And, okay. I'll, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about that experience in a second because it, it was definitely different. But um, can you explain to our listeners what kind of tank you have? And we'll kind of talk about the filtration system and how all of that works with the water and the salt. And Sure. Okay. So we have uh, a float tank called an escape pod. And it is a conventional style float tank. It's not a pod, which is uh, some other float tanks look like clamshells. Other float tanks look like little mini rooms. This is the traditional style. It's about four feet wide by eight feet long. Uh, it's a very sturdy, uh, what they call a commercial tank. It came as a kit. Uh, we purchased it from the escape pod company out in Nebraska. They've been great. My wife, Jacqueline, and I built the whole thing start to finish. And we chose it for a number of reasons. Um, it's it's just a very sturdy tank, which is uh, obviously important when you're holding that much water inside, but also as a grounding. You know, when you step inside the tank, you want to feel supported and secure. So it's got tons of grab bars and, and lots of places to uh, assist yourself in and out of the tank. How many gallons of water does it hold again? Uh, you're looking at about 200 gallons of water oh my gosh. Uh, spread out in, in, the, in the whole Yep, in the whole tank. So it's about 10 inches of water in that four foot by eight foot footprint. Um, so quite a hit. And but we chose this tank based on its. Uh, it had it's just a really strong tank. It has an amazing filtration system. And essentially, we you know you build the tank, get it all set up, 
fill it and then 50 pound bag by 50 pound bag we we added the salt until we brought it up to that 850 pound mark which makes you able to float so we've been is, really happy with it so far is there um do you also have to test any ph levels or anything in the water or how does we mean yep we test yep. ph alkalinity as well as hydrogen peroxide which is one of the agents that we use to sterilize the tank so we have a whole set of uh systems check imbalances that we do every single day when we come in to test and, and filter and clean the, the tank and the water to make sure it's completely clean and sterile every time. Yeah. And can you explain that process for germphobes? Uh, <laughs> <So> <laughs> if they're like, is this clean uh, water? Like who was floating before me? How, how do I know yeah, that the water's that's, clean? <laughs> <laughs> that's question number two next to the claustrophobia. <laughs> how do you keep it clean? Good news is with all of that salt in the tank, that gives us a great head start on just being a nice, clean, antibacterial, antimicrobial environment. We enhance that with a few different things. We have a commercial grade uh, filtration system that you would see like on a, on a pool, in ground or above ground pool. And we also use a UV light to sterilize the water, the hydrogen peroxide, as I, as I mentioned, um, along with we get in the tank every, every day, every week, and just double, triple check, make sure everything is, is neat and orderly in there. My wife and I are total germaphobes. And when we were building this practice, we were like, okay, oh, Okay, what is going to make this? What would we want to see when we when we walk into a situation? And basically, the answer is we want to feel like we were the only ones who have ever been there. We feel that this is a healing experience, and any kind of anything that's overlooked in the cleanliness department could very easily detract from that healing experience. So we take a lot of time and attention to making sure that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed in regards to that. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, your place is just absolutely beautiful. I mean, you and your wife did an amazing job. It's like when you walk into the, to Tyler's place, you immediately feel like you have a big hug, you know, oh. it's just the way that it's decorated and the paint. And I mean, you guys thought of everything when you go into that float tank, you feel like you're literally at a spa. I mean, you guys have hair dryers and combs and eardrops for the ears and makeup removal towels, uh, Q-tips. Um, my gosh, what else? <laughs> Towels, flip-flops, you get your own little sponge to wash yourself off. And maybe we should talk about the process of what people need to do before they get into the tank. Oh, sure. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, but I mean the, the setup and everything that you have, it's like, wow, these guys have thought of everything, you know, it's oh, like you could, you. <laughs> you could go and float and you can leave there and go to work. You know, I mean, you guys have everything prepared for people to come in and leave and nobody would even know that they were floating. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so can you maybe walk our listeners through if they were a client that came in and they wanted to float, what's the process? What's what, what do they actually have to fill out as far as like a release form? And then when they go into the floating room, what's the process for them before they get into the tank? Uh, yep. There's a brief intake that we have everyone fill out. We have everyone also check our website before they come in. There's some good frequently asked questions, you know, including the, um, how do you keep it clean? And, and what about claustrophobia? Uh, along with a few other like uh, good baseline questions that we'd like people to review. Uh, and once they come in, they fill out the intake form. We take them back and explain the process, which is a shower before and a shower after you float. We have the shower right here on site and it's matched right up to the door of the tank. So you step into the shower, use the shower, and then right from the shower, you can step into the tank. And then again, in reverse, when you're done, you can get out of the tank and shower 
again, it's really important to shower extremely well before and after you enter the tank. And that's part of what helps uh, keep it clean. You got to keep all of the oils and lotions that are on your skin uh, and hair off of your body before you enter the tank. And people ask, oh, I showered this morning. Am I, am I good to go? And the answer is, you know, we're sure you're hygienically sound, but you do need to, you know, your your skin starts producing uh, those oils uh, immediately after you get out of the shower. So we got to wash those off just right before you step inside the tank. And that's just it. You shower, hop in the tank. Uh, there's a few things we talk about while you're in the tank, arm position, uh, neck position. You know, sometimes there's a, a little bit of neck tension, which uh, people encounter when they first enter the float tank. It's just like entering any body of water. We stiffen our necks up to keep our breathers above water. There's a little technique there that we, we um, share with people to help them get more acclimated and comfortable. And after the float, which can either last an hour, hour and a half, or two hours, we'll fade some music in from underneath the tank. And that's just the cue to make your way to the front of the tank and take a shower and get ready. We plan a little extra time for you. So uh, when you get out and you can uh, just take your time getting ready, you know, blow dry your hair and and, uh, and so forth, and and you're on your way. And for the rest of the day, it's just hopefully um, hopefully you don't have to race off to work. Hopefully it's like a nice easy day, so you can just kind of keep that vibe going, that nice mellow vibe going, and uh, drink tons of water, of course. And that's about it. There's really not a lot to it. It's 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 pretty simple. Yeah, it's like there's not a lot to it, but yet there is so much to it, you know, in right. the whole experience. And what do you, um, you kind of mentioned the length of the time that people can float. What's the average that you typically see people choose to do? We see a lot, of, again, a lot of variation. The We feel that the most ideal amount of time to float is 90 minutes. And the, the reason is uh, for the sensory deprivation aspect of the tank to take place. What's going on is you're literally slowing your mind down as if you were falling asleep. And it slows your mind into what's known as theta states. You have your alpha and beta uh, brainwaves. Those are when you're awake and functioning. Then you slow down into your theta, which is that kind of between awake and asleep place. Like if you've ever been drifting off asleep and uh, you're kind of half asleep, half dreaming, but you're still kind of awake. And sometimes you snap awake because you forgot to lock the door or you think of something. That's called theta state. And the tank brings you into theta state and leaves you there for a time. And that's where all of those healing properties come from, is getting your body in that relaxed state. So we recommend the 90-minute float because it takes about 40 to 45 minutes for your brain to slow down to that place. That leaves you another 45 minutes in that place while you're in, in the tank. Not to say that the 60 minutes you won't feel a benefit. You definitely will. Um, you just won't have as much time in that theta state as you would for a 90-minute float. But a 60-minute float we, we keep available for people because 90 minutes can be intimidating. If you are claustrophobic, if you are have any concerns uh, before entering the tank, you maybe don't want to commit to a full hour and a half. Um, so that's why we keep that hour available, but more times than not, people will come out after that hour and say, wow, I could have, <laughs> I could have done a lot longer in there. Time really, time really escapes you while you're in there. And, uh, which is the, the idea, you know, we don't want to be hooked into an agenda for just a minute and, it, and it's, it's enough for your body to facilitate so much healing. So we, we've had people ask for half hour, um, appointments and we haven't gone there because it just, by the time your brain actually starts slowing down, you'll be getting out. And we want people to really feel the, the maximum benefit from this. 
Yeah. And, you know, I would say in a world where we are so overstimulated, one of the beautiful things about that tank is it is a true, complete unplug. And I think you're right about, you know, when you were saying it takes 45 minutes for like the brain to relax. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. Just thinking about, you know, how active we are on our cell phones, checking emails, we're on Facebook, you know, like during breaks and, you know, dealing with people on a day-to-day basis and what people are doing in their employment and then coming home and TV and computers. And I mean, it's... Yeah, we're just, we're overstimulated. And sometimes going into that tank and having no stimulation is like, wow. It's a big drop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big jump. Um, Yeah, you said it. We've, and and I think that's why floating is becoming more popular because it's so much more needed now. All this technology that's coming our way, it's great. It's keeping us connected. It's making everything run so much more efficiently, but it's also keeping our attention and our brains are getting used to being locked in to do it something, you know, and doing nothing can be challenging, you know, sitting still can be, can be challenging. And I think that's what happens when people are like, I can't spend more than an hour in the tank because there's that constant uh, uh, urge in the back of their mind that something needs to be done. Got to be somewhere. Got to, got to do something. And that's what we really got to, we really got to push back against that a little bit because that's to me, that's taken up too much space in, our, in all of our lives. You know, we're getting too busy and, and too much in fight or flight. We need to bring, give ourselves some time in that rest and restore state so that we can keep up with those busy agendas and, and busy lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what you reminded me of is what a lot of the, you know, gurus and teachers say and, you know, what you read is that, you know, that there's that phrase out there where they say we're human beings, not human doers. And a lot of times we don't know how to be and floating provides that experience because you are not really doing anything. I mean, that's the goal. The goal is to just be. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share, sometimes our audience likes it and I get feedback and they say, oh, share some of your own experiences. So, so I've only have two floats in the book and I think my third float, you have convinced me I'm going to do the 90 minute one now. Um, but the first one I did was just experiential. I was, I was curious and there was a group on, and I think a client of mine said that, oh, there was a group on and I tried this float thing and I was like, okay. And she was a pretty wound, you know, person and she found relaxation. I was like, okay, well, if that relaxed her, that's great. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. So I think I did, it might've been a 60 minute and the experience, I think, because it was so new, my brain didn't really know how to process it. It was kind of like, okay, how long has it been? What am I supposed to do? Um, what am I supposed to think about? And I would say, I think I'm pretty good at meditating. And I talked to you about this, Tyler, when I came into your place. And, mm-hmm. you know, usually sometimes with meditation, you're trying to drown out sounds. And, you know, a part of it is just slowing everything down. But when you got into that float tank, there were no sounds. There was nothing to distract you know, the vision, the hearing. Um, and my mind was like, okay, now what? (laughs) So it was a very interesting process for me to really unwind and, and to be comfortable with losing my whole orientation of time too, because I was, you know, warned by the float spa that they would say that like everything just kind of (laughs) melds into this weird existence. And it's going to be probably hard for you to know when your time was up, but they play music too. And I could have sworn I 
had it on cue. I'm like, I bet you I have 20 minutes left. And then what felt like 20 minutes, I'm like, Oh my God, did they forget me in here? It felt like hours. <laughs> um, so the first experience when I left, I was like, eh, well, I'm glad I experienced it. I don't know if I would do it again, you know? And then I wanted to come up to your Spox. We were going to have a chat and just try a different, a different tank. Cause I knew that yours were different and the, the experience was totally different. I was so much more relaxed, I think, because I knew what to expect. You said something which was really helpful and you said, just allow your mind to go wherever it needs to. Don't try to stop it. You know? So I allowed that process to happen a little more easily. And I was in maybe in the right space of just really wanting to unplug and I was really enjoying the silence. And your tank was actually, I feel like, a little bit smaller, which was nicer. Um, the other tank that I was in seemed to be a little bit wider, maybe, than mm-hmm. four feet. And I felt like I was literally floating more, where even though I was floating in your, in your tank, I was much more stationary, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really helpful, too. And the time flew. I mean, I did an hour float with you, and I felt like I was in there for about 15 minutes, whereas my very first float, I was like, this feels like three hours. I'm bored. Maybe I should get out. So I would recommend you know, to the listeners, if you guys have never floated before, that maybe you try it two, three times before you actually make a decision if you like it. Because um, that was my experience. And now I kind of feel like I'm a little hooked and I want to, now I want to try the 90 minutes. Cool. Well, we call everyone's first float the get to know you float because even though it's a distraction free environment when you first get in, it's, unless you've been to outer space before, it's going to be a completely new experience that's going to kind of spark your brain alive from it. like, what is this all about? Um, and that, you know, so that can, it, it can be fun and it can be really exciting. You're still getting all the benefits from the uh, magnesium and the weightlessness because you're getting, you know, the your joints are decompressing. Your body's allowed to breathe a little bit. Um, but it is distracting a little bit the first time. So we do recommend giving it another go. If you had a float and it, um, and you left, you're like, yeah, that was that was cool. But you know, I, you know, I'm I, I'm glad I did it. And like what you said, I'm glad I did it. But I, um, I think I'm good. Try a second float because the second float will definitely be different than your your first float. And I, I noticed that too with my experience with floating. At first, I kind of did the same thing. I was like, that was cool. But I, I wanted to give it another go for some reason. Something was telling me, like, try it again. Mm-hmm. And completely different experience. Now, when I get in the tank, it is... I, I don't think scientifically it's happening instantaneously. I think we still all need to go through that process, but it just feels so much easier to get into that nice, deep, still place. Yeah. And do you have maybe any personal experience or one that stands out for you that was kind of magical when you were floating? Or did you have any type of aha moments or something that just came together after a float for yourself? Yeah, we, um, I sure do. When we, this is this, this tank I just described as our second tank. We only have one tank. We had a, we had an older tank and we decided to upgrade it to this new one. When we were building that first tank, um, I do have a construction background, but the float tank was such a new thing. It took a lot of figuring out. My wife and I were trying to, around our our regular jobs, build this thing. And our self-care went right out the window. Uh, my back was so stiff by the time I got done with that project. I could barely bend forward to put my socks on in the morning. It was just this grueling process. 
And, you know, and I was doing the normal thing that I think we all do, just keep pushing and, you know, almost there. And, you know, we're, we're constantly kind of putting that little carrot on a string in front of ourselves. Like, if I can just push just a little bit longer, um, which isn't ideal, but we all do it. Um, but thankfully, what my project was is this giant float tank, and it became time to test it. So I, I floated for about, I think, like 40 minutes, three days in a row, just, you know, not actual floats, just basic stuff to like trying to make sure I had the right amount of salt in the water and I had the right temperature and it was just all kind of calibrating type stuff. But I noticed after that third day, I got up in the morning and I had not done anything differently. I'd not gotten back onto my routine or my self-care or anything. All I had done was do those three mini floats and I reached down and touched my toes like I've been doing yoga for years. So mm-hmm. even in those, just those quick little doses that I was that I had gotten it it just opened up my my muscles so much that it gave me more motivation to see like hey how far can I can I bring this and now it's become part of my routine as well where I'll flow at least every week if not a couple times just to keep myself centered and keep myself keep myself going through all the massages that I have scheduled throughout the week yeah and I know massage definitely takes a toll on on the therapist's body you know sometimes they're i think one therapist told me that like the average life life expectancy of a massage therapist is anywhere from like five to eight years because the body just can't go much further than that yeah (laughs) it's true (laughs) um so are there any medical conditions where floating would not be appropriate like can pregnant ladies uh pregnant women float um if somebody has like a pacemaker or something like that is there anything that would restrict floating there is a couple things that would restrict floating um we just always have people check with their doctors if there's any question um and we make sure that they're uh educated to ask their doctors about um the magnesium in the in in the water and and, you know so because we don't want people saying to the doctor, can I float? And the doctor going, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so we make sure we, you know, we have a, a nice conversation with people about it. Pregnant women definitely float. It's so good for pregnant women. We always uh, have them bring their doctor, midwife, or doula on board uh, just to make sure everyone's aware of what's going on. But pregnant women can float um, very uniquely actually on their stomachs. So they go into the tank face down plant their elbows on the floor of the tank and rest their head on their hands, which isn't great for the neck. But if the woman is very pregnant, the salt water will lift that baby belly up, giving all those tendons and ligaments a nice break. And from what I hear, of course, I can't speak to that personally, but I hear that's just the bee's knees. Uh, if you're, you're carrying that extra <laughs> extra weight around, it's just, it's amazing just to get that little break where it's just the, that weight is alleviated for a time. Another, the only other um, medical medical condition, excuse me, that um, is a biggie is we want to make sure someone doesn't have low blood pressure because the magnesium can lower your blood pressure. If you have high blood pressure, it's fantastic. Uh, but if someone has low blood pressure, then we just have them check with their doctor or cardiologist, make sure it's okay to float. More times than not, it is absolutely fine. A lot of these things are just overkill, but there's really no such thing as overkill when it comes to making sure people are, are kept safe. And so those are the two biggies. And, and as far as pregnant women go, some doctors don't like them floating in the last trimester, but otherwise we've, um, otherwise everyone's been able to come in and, and float. Awesome. Great. Um, and approximately about how many people come into your place to float, uh, in a given week? Um, we're a smaller practice. I mean, we have one float tank and the one massage room. So, 
we see a lot instead of like you know you see in, especially on the west coast like these these larger six tank float centers with you know they're doing 10 floats per tank per day um, we're a lot more of an intimate setting so we're uh, tailoring to maybe about 10 or 15 a week maybe 20 it, it fluctuates you know it fluctuates with the with the weather sure. uh, the season but we're again kind of like the medical massage that I do where we see a lot of the same people because we're all we're, we're working towards everyone's individual goals so we'll see a lot of the same uh, faces coming in on a weekly basis or a monthly basis to use the tank. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Do you have frequent flyers or are a lot of the people just newbies and trying it out? But yeah, I, I could see where once you start and like you gave that example of those three mini floats and then you feel just a real difference in your body. What that and that's do. it, you know, and that's all we try to do as a practice. Um, that's all I've done with my massage. My wife is here doing nutrition now so it, we just try to find what works for somebody and you know we try a float did you feel better yes perfect if you feel better then it did something and let's see where it can go a lot we've gotten stuck in this place where a lot of people you know i see this a lot with the massage people will come in and they want everything fixed in one setting in in, in one sitting you know they and uh we all want that, right? I mean, it's it's right. not fun being in pain, and um, we just want it gone. So we've seen a lot of people in chronic pain, both with massage and flow. They'll try it once and be like, yeah, it was cool, but it didn't take everything right away all at once. And uh, we're still looking for the thing that'll actually do that. We're <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as we're running out of time here and we're going to need to wrap up, I was wondering if you had any maybe last minute parting words for our listeners to convince them why they should go for a float or in their area, wherever they live, try to find a, a float spa and to try this out. What's the most important takeaway for people? Um, I think the most important thing to know is that we're all made of the same stuff. We, we all, we are all human beings. We all have the same cells. And we're all governed by the same rules, and we all need self-care. We we all need to do things for ourselves to help help us keep up with our lives and and to enjoy our life and just to just to overall feel good. And floating is just one of a million things that are out there, chiropractic, acupuncture, talk therapy, uh, massage therapy. There are all of these tools that you can use one or a combination of to keep yourself, keep yourself going. And floating is such a cool one because you don't, you don't need a lot to do it. It's, it's the art of doing nothing. And um, it's worth a shot. It's, it's something that I think everyone should at least try once whether uh, you have a specific goal in mind or not, just give it a shot and see what, what comes up. Awesome. Great. And can you let our listeners know, for those of you who come to visit the Saratoga Springs area in New York, we, Tyler and I work in the coolest building. Um, you could stop down and see me and my, my little studio there, but can you give them your website to let them know where they can get more information about your spa? Absolutely. We are at saratogaspringsfloatspa.com. Or if you're shorthand, you can type in saratogafloat.com. It'll bring you to the same place. Great. And you guys also have a presence, I think, on social media too, right? Are you on Facebook? Yes, we do. Yep, we're on Facebook and Instagram. 
Okay. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thanks so much. I know I'm going to see you, you know, here and there as we pass by our, each other's offices and I'll definitely be up for that 90 minute float, I think this fall. So, uh, Perfect. thanks. Yeah. Thanks again for agreeing to be a guest on our show. I had a good time, uh, interviewing you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciated it. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that show. And don't forget to sign up for our premium service with over 100 hours of interviews, as well as our new segments such as Two Minute Tuesdays, Food for Thought Fridays, as well as the virtual book club on Thursdays. All of these extra segments are only available for our premium subscribers. Visit the podcast section of our website at path11productions.com to learn more or to start your subscription for only $3.99 a month. If you're not interested in a premium subscription, you can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Of course, you can still catch our latest five interview shows at any time by subscribing to the Path 11 podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. Catch you next time.